0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Aaron and Greg to discuss mountain bike tires. This was a question that we had from one of our podcast listeners, um, and it's actually a great topic. So let's jump right in. So, I wanted to start off by asking you guys how important you think tires are to the overall ride feel on a mountain bike.
1: I mean, it's the only part of the mountain bike that actually touches the ground. So as such, it's vitally important. I mean, everything you do on the mountain bike translates through your tires and into the soil. So it it affects the entire ride quality of your mountain bike experience. So very important.
2: Yeah, it's definitely right up there with the most important, if not the most important component on your bicycle. And, you know, I know I've said this numerous times, but I'll say it again. You know, tires can be the best, easiest and also one of the most affordable i won't go as far as saying cheapest but it's one of the best and uh, most affordable upgrades you can make to your bike so you know if whatever tires came specced on your bike stock aren't really doing it for your riding style or your trails just a simple swap of the tires, which is just a few minutes can, can make a huge impact on the ride quality.
0: Yeah. And I forgot to mention at the start of this podcast, Aaron worked for Maxis actually for what? Five years years. or so. Yeah. So he's definitely our resident tire expert. And so you're definitely going to want to listen to what he has to say about tires maybe not so much about how you should spend lots of money and buy tires but
2: <laughs> only spend money if you need to like i said you know particularly with new bikes you know the the manufacturers are speccing a tire that they think best suits that purpose of the bike so you know if you get a cross country race hardtail it's going to come with some very light thin tires on it and they're going to roll really fast, but maybe that's the bike you wanted, but the area you live in, you have chunky trails or you have thorns or you have lots of roots and rocks and you're getting a lot of flats, then yeah, I'd argue that that wasn't a good tire for your, for your needs. So, you know, you can, uh, swap some tires out and, you know, have a much more enjoyable riding experience. Right on. So,
0: yeah, you mentioned uh, like cross country tires are usually lightweight and they're going to be thinner. So, I wanted to talk about the factors, all the factors that play into how a a mountain bike tire performs. At the top of my list, I have tire pressure. So, what to you guys is sort of the ideal tire pressure and how do you figure that out?
1: I would say for your standard mountain bike tire, you want it hard enough that you don't pinch flat or hit your rim, uh, but no harder. So that you don't want to damage or flat your tire or your wheel, but you want as much traction as possible as a general rule. But then fat bike tires and plus bike tires throw that whole equation off because you can have a wide variety of pressures that will achieve different things for you in those tires. So, this is it's more rule for a standard mountain bike tire.
2: Yeah, and it really depends on uh, a number of different factors, you know, how how wide are your tires, how wide are your rims, how much do you weigh, you know, what what's your riding style, you know, are you running tubed are you running tubeless? All those are going to impact what pressure is appropriate for you. But I would say on a standard mountain bike tire, so not talking fat bike or plus bike, but a, you know, regular 26 27 5 29 inch tire uh, you know kind of a safe starting bet is like 32 psi front and rear and then adjust from there you know if if you get out there on the trail and you know you're bouncing off roots and glancing off everything and it, you're just getting bounced around too much then you can let some pressure out and you know if you're a really big guy a really aggressive guy and you're flatting at 32 psi then you need more so That's just kind of a safe, uh, safe baseline to at least get you going. Yeah. And obviously, too, if you're finding, if you're doing a lot of
0: riding on like hard pack or pavement, even, and, and you're feeling sluggish and slow, then yeah, obviously adding tire pressure is going to help on that area. So what about tread pattern? I think that's the next biggest thing that people focus on when they're picking a tire. You know, they go to the store and feel each one and look at it. So how does the tread pattern influence the, Performance of a tire.
2: Yeah, so there's kind of a range of tread patterns, I'd say, and this actually applies to all mountain bike tires. You know, so this would include, you know, plus tires and fat bike tires as well. And basically at one end of the spectrum you have cross-country tires, which are gonna have very minimal tread. The knobs on the tire itself are gonna be short and the knobs are gonna tend to be spaced very tightly and the idea with a cross-country tire is you want it to roll as fast as possible so you're willing to sacrifice you know some some cornering uh, ability because you're you know the ultimate goal is to go as fast as possible that's what you know cross-country is all about and you know also the cross-country tires are going to tend to be you know, lighter weight and a little bit more fragile. So that's, you know, that's another trade-off you're going to make. You know, then you have, you move into like trail tires, which are slightly more aggressive. You're going to see kind of medium height knobs, a little more space between the knobs, uh, more aggressive side knobs for cornering. And then, you know, in in the kind of downhill end of the spectrum, you're going to have really large lugs uh you know both on the on the center tread and the in the cornering knobs are going to be really big and you're going to have a lot of space between the lugs to clear out debris and stuff when you're riding so that's basically the spectrum but then you know you also have a lot of uh you know as we're seeing with everything in mountain biking you have a lot of options you know so there are there's specialty tires like semi-slick tires for instance you know you can have uh a tire that's intended for very aggressive riding a semi slick is usually uh used as a rear tire and it'll have you know short tightly spaced tread in the center to roll fast but then you know very large cornering lugs for you know really really getting it after it in the turns when you're getting to that level you're talking about very specific tires you know like you have you have mud spikes um and you know you have they have those for cross country as well as as downhill so, but as a general you know general spectrum of tires it ranges you know xc trail downhill
0: right on so another one of the things that people tend to focus on right away when they're shopping for tires is the width of the tire so a lot of times you'll see a certain tread pattern say the you know maxis icon it's the same tread pattern but you'll see different widths of the tire you know they'll range from like 2.2 there's 2.35 so how does the width of the tire influence how it's going to
1: perform? In general, more width is going to mean more traction, but also in general, the more traction you have, um, the lower rolling speed and the higher rolling resistance you're going to have. So, you know, a cross country tire is going to be narrower on average than say a downhill or even a trail tire. Personally, I like to go with as I have a tire as I can fit on my bike as possible, that's my personal opinion. So, my opinion: the the wider the tire is, tends to maximize your traction, your handling, versus your rolling speed, and that's a compromise I often make.
2: Yeah, I would. Uh, I definitely agree. With that I, I tend to run as wide of a tire as possible, even in, you know, like a for instance on a on a cross country bike. If you run something like a two three, that's fairly wide for cross country, but you know you're going to get to get. The benefits of traction, but you're also going to get a little bit more comfort because there is more volume to that tire. Typically, when you're, you know, you're, when you have a wider tire, um, it's going to be a little bit cushier and, you know even on XC bikes, especially if you're doing longer endurance stuff, you know the difference between a a two two tire and a two three five can mean all the difference at the end of the day when you're a little bit fresher because you've had a little bit more more cushion while you're riding.
0: yeah, and also a wider tire is going to weigh more, which is another factor. So how does weight play into it? You know a lot of times you'll see pretty similar tires'll be like same width similar tread patterns but there can be a big difference in in weight between the two tires like say from different manufacturers so how does that play into tire choice for people
2: weight is definitely a huge factor and like you said the wider the tire obviously the more it's going to weigh because there's there's more material there but it really depends on your again your terrain and your riding style because you know, I've seen it happen in a ton of races. People try to go for the lightest thing and they end up getting a flat or something during a race because they were trying to save grams where, where maybe they shouldn't have. And you know, it's lightweight tires are awesome. Like you can, you can really tell a difference. Like if you have, you know, some 2.2 XC tire, you put that on the rear of your bike, ride that around for a little while you swapped it out for a 2.5 trail tire you it's going to be immediately apparent how much harder it is to get the tire going you know how how much slower it is rolling you know once you're up to speed so there is there definitely are trade-offs but again you know if your terrain is really punishing what do you want do you want a really lightweight tire that rolls fast but you're going to be fixing flats all the time or do you are you going to you know suck it up push around a few more grams and have something that's going to be a bit more durable, which I always opt for. Personally, I've learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that lesson myself.
0: So now let's talk about sort of the the factors that involve the construction of the tire itself. So one of the things that I've seen shopping for tires is uh, tire companies like to talk about the compounds that they use. Sometimes they'll get really technical and talk about the durometer number and dual compound and tri-compound. So what do, what do the compounds do briefly? What, it, what does that mean, and how does that affect the performance?
2: Compounds are actually huge, and that's where, you know, you can really, tire manufacturers can set themselves apart from one another. And even from the same manufacturer, you know for instance like working at maxxis they make the minion dhf let's say is was one of the one of their most popular their trail tires and it's available in a single compound a dual compound or a triple compound and just going based off the way they look the tires look identical but the performance is actually very different between the compounds so a single compound is just what it sounds like the entire t- tire is using one single durometer of rubber throughout a dual compound. They're using two, and what they typically do with dual compound tires is the center tread is a a little bit firmer and it's going to be a little bit longer wearing, and then the the edging blocks, the the cornering lugs are going to be a little bit softer. So when that tire's leaned over. You're gonna have a little bit better grip, you know, especially if you're going through some off camber stuff. If you're going over roots and rocks at an angle, it's gonna grip a lot better. And then triple compound. There's various ways you can do it, but it's typically, you know, again, you're having a base layer that's firm, and then a middle layer in the center tread that's a little bit softer, um, and then the the cornering blocks are an even softer rubber compound. And that's why there's you know a difference in the pricing between tires that may have the same tread pattern but have different compounds you know so i don't know what i mean a minion dhf single compound might be like 60 bucks but the 3c is like 80 dollars, and it's because there's a lot more you know manufacturing and engineering and stuff that goes into that making that a triple compound tire
0: right on so if the compound the compound is essentially the rubber that's used in the tire the casing is sort of the skeleton right that holds it all together and this is where you get into you'll see on tires there'll be like a tpi number and that means threads per inch um, and so yeah could you talk a little bit about what that number means higher and lower numbers and sort of how that affects performance
2: yeah it's funny you said it you call it a skeleton because they actually refer to it as a carcass so it is it is the body of the tire and typically for most mountain bike tires that are of decent quality are going to be 60 tpi so like you said that's threads per inch so if you took one square inch of this material and you counted the threads going across it there would be 60 you also have 120 tpi tires and these generally tend to be Used in lighter duty applications, so cross country racing, etc. But 120 TPI is, you know, you take that same square inch of, of fabric of material, and you're packing in 120 threads per inch instead of 60. So the threads are smaller, which can make them a little more fragile. You know, because if you think about it, you know, you have a you know a thicker thread compared to a thinner thread. A thicker one's going to be more durable, but The advantage is lighter weight and it's going to be more supple, which means it's going to conform to, you know, all the little stuff on the trail. So it's going to have a better ride quality. And then you start to get into particularly with uh, downhill tires, although they are starting to you're starting to see this in the enduro racing world as well, because the demands on tires are so, you know, approaching what you need out of a downhill tire. They're actually doing. Uh, dual ply and that's when you take two layers of the material so whether that's 60 tpi or 120 tpi and you lay those on top of each other and then you construct the tire carcass from there so what that's doing is giving giving you a lot more sidewall strength it's giving you a lot more durability because you have that you you have that material two layers of that material you know it's it's going to be way more durable for taking huge hits and you know smashing into huge rocks and roots at at speed so yeah and then on the uh on the on the lower end you do have some you know 27 tpi tires and and things like that but that's mostly you know that's that tends to be cheaper wire bead tires
0: okay that's a great explanation so the last thing i want to talk about what that could affect your tire performance is rim width And this is something we're seeing a lot of companies play with, a lot of wheel companies lately. But basically what you need to know is that a wide rim, the wider your rim is, the more squarish your tire is going to be once you mount it up. And so if you want a more round profile, then you're going to go with a slightly narrower rim. And it's also important to know that if you're looking at like plus tires and fat bike tires, obviously they have much wider rims. So in general, you need to match the rim width to your tire, you know, in terms of like a broad range. So knowing whether you've got a plus tire or a standard tire or a fat bike tire is important. All right. So changing gears a little bit, I wanted to talk real quick about tubeless tires. Um, That's the thing that a lot of people are still talking about. It's it's a I guess a relatively new thing for people to start doing. No, it's been around a long time, but. It's still not something that everybody is doing yet, but it is a really good upgrade that a lot of people are interested in. So
1: what's the deal with tubeless tires? Well, I think one of the reasons that it's still not universal is because most bikes that come stock aren't going to come stock with your tire set tubeless. They're going to come stock with tubes in them. So people generally have to change something aftermarket to make it happen, even if it's just taking the tubes out, adding new, valves and sealant but essentially tubeless if you're not tubeless you should go to tubeless that's about the long and short of it that's all you need that's all you need to that's know, all you need to know. <laughs> um, but it's going to make your life a lot easier because you're going to have you know more flat protection there's a few different ways you can flat um, one of them's pinching a tube and that's where you have too low of air pressure and you pinch the tube between the rim and the ground and that flats the tube Essentially, having a tubeless tire removes the tube, so you're not going to pinch flat ever. Another way you can fly is getting a puncture, and a puncture can puncture your tube and let all the air out. With a tubeless tire, you have sealant in your tire, or you should, and generally speaking, that sealant will seal a puncture if you get like a thorn or something of that nature. Now that's not a 100% guarantee, but it's it's much better than your standard tube where you're guaranteed to lose all your pressure. So essentially, tubeless protects all that. Also, since you're not going to pinch flat, you can run lower pressures. Again, going back to my formula at the beginning, you want to go as low as possible without, you know, flatting or damaging your rim. Tubeless allows you to go lower, which increases your traction as well. Any other benefits? Yeah, I
2: would those are really good points, Greg, I would say. And uh, just again, to reiterate, if you aren't tubeless, why what are you waiting for? I know like well it, people make a big deal about it being hard and it used to be it used to suck like back in the early days of it but the tire technology has improved greatly to the point where I can't even remember the last time I needed a compressor to mount a tire and that's from all sorts of brands. So, um, you know, they've really gotten the, the rim designs have improved sealants are better. Uh, you know, the tires are better. So it, it's not that hard. It you know, you're going to, you have more flat protection you can run lower pressures. So you have better traction. You know, you're going to have an overall lighter system weight since you're ditching the tubes. So it, it's pretty much a no brainer. And, you know, like Greg said, most bikes are not going to come tubeless, you know, because, you know, there's, If they put sealant in the tires, it'd be leaking all over the box and, you know, pissing off your local bike mechanic when they're pulling bikes that are covered in sealant out of the box every day. But I will say a trend that we've seen over the last few years is the bikes are coming tubeless ready. So that means that usually the the wheels are already taped they're ready to go tubeless they usually include the valves in in the box and usually the tires are tubeless compatible as well so really all you have to do like greg said is you pull out the tubes put the valves in dump some seal it in pump it up boom you're you're riding tubeless and you should do it <laughs>
0: Well, one thing I will note and one question people might have is, you know, do you need a tubeless ready tire or a tubeless compatible tire? And the answer to that is not necessarily. But tubeless ready tires are ones where they've you know, ensure that the rubber doesn't have a lot of holes in it. It's not porous, so you're not going to just like put sealing in and it just starts leaking out everywhere. And then they're also going to pay more attention to the bead and make sure that it's a you know solid bead that's going to get seated in the rim and work with that system. So what's interesting is most tires now are coming tubeless ready because you can run tubes in a tubeless ready tire right. um, but go in the opposite direction is kind of hit or miss so if you do have some tires laying around that aren't tubeless ready that doesn't mean you can't do it but um, they just might not work as well as ones that are
2: yeah if you ask the manufacturers they will tell you not to run a non-tubeless tire tubeless but as a disclaimer i guess <laughs> but it can be done i've seen it happen yes
0: Okay, so I wanna do real quickly some recommendations for specific tires and or if not a recommendation for a specific tire, um at least what to look for in tires for certain types of conditions. So the first type that most people are probably gonna be interested in, especially people just getting started, is sort of an all-around tire, one they can run in all sorts of conditions. So what do you guys think about what, what should people look for and what is maybe a recommended tire that you found is good for that?
1: Well, I'll tell you a little bit of my personal bias. My personal bias is to go for a tire that's going to perform and handle really well. So I tend to you know I don't race anymore I'm over that or if I'm racing I'm going downhill so that's you know gravity's working for me so I tend to go for a tire that's going to provide the best handling and performance for my conditions and as for an all around condition tire I like to find something that has has big tall knobs that are going to dig in really well but if you want something that's going to handle pretty well in a lot of places you know if you can get big tall lugs that are have a little bit more space between them i find that tends to be a good compromise between traction and rolling resistance and not packing up too much with mud so that's generally what i shoot for a good uh, i've become a maxis fan in recent years and a good all-around tire from maxis that trends towards the performance is uh, the high roller two and it decently lightweight but has plenty of knobs to dig in and give you purchase where you need it so you can go up or down from that point in knob size and traction and different things but yeah that's the tire i go with but there are comparable tires from many brands out there so look for something in that range
2: yeah obviously i'm probably a little bit biased and i guess this actually says something about the Quality of the tires that you know, even though I no longer work at Maxxis, they have still proven to be, at least for me, my my favorite tires. Big fan of the High Roller too, like uh, like Greg is. But I would say for a general all around trail tire, um, it's really hard to beat the Minion DHF. That's one that's been around for a long time, and it's been you know kind of replicated by other brands. I mean Bontrager has the I think it's a G4 is their tire and it's very similar because the tread pattern just works. You know, it's got, it's got tall lugs. It's got, you know, a ramped leading edge. So it rolls okay for what it is, but it, it's going to corner really, really well. But yeah, there's, so Going back to our initial spectrum of tires, um, you know, like on the XCN, you know, something like the Icon from Maxis is a really good tire. You know, then moving to like the Ardent is a kind of a good all-around trail tire. It's actually not one of my favorite tires. I'm not a big fan of the Ardent, but I know a lot of people like that tire. And actually I've been riding a lot of WTV tires recently as well. And they make some good tires out. Um, I've been really impressed with their stuff. And another kind of all around kind of set it and forget it tire, as I like to call them, is the uh, the Trail Boss. It's got, you know, kind of medium height knobs, but it's got aggressive cornering knobs. It's got, um, you know, they're, they're not too tightly spaced, but they're not too far apart. So it still rolls really well. It's just a tire that is very predictable in a broad range of conditions, and you know it's gonna it's gonna handle almost everything pretty well you know there are a handful of tires from from other manufacturers that I've ridden the Hans Dampf is a is a popular tire from Schwalbe Um, I'm not really pumped on that one as a front tire I think it makes a makes a good rear tire but uh, one of their tires that I rode uh, that really impressed me was the the Magic Mary and that's a that's a big burly uh, trail tire as well, but that's uh, that thing had insane amounts of traction. So, but yeah, so there's, there's definitely no no shortages of options out there. You know, like I said, I'm I'm kind of partial to Maxxis, but you know, WTB has a lot of great tires now as well. Cool.
0: So let's talk about dry and dusty conditions. This is one that someone asked specifically for us to talk about and I'm going to go ahead and assume that dusty also includes like sandy kind of loose terrain and for that really the biggest thing that's going to help you there is a wider tire so if you can do a plus tire again I mean it's like our our recommendation at the beginning which is run the widest tire that you can find I don't know I personally haven't found any specific tread pattern that works better or worse than sand. I mean, the problem and dust, the problem with that is you're just going to punch through the sand or the dust, you know, no matter what your, your tire pattern looks like. So really the best, your best bet is to get a wide tire, something that's going to kind of float on top and, you know, not put as much pressure into any one spot.
2: Yeah, I can definitely confirm that, uh, you know, loose over hard is probably the most difficult conditions for any tire, you know, just because it's so unpredictable. The loose over hard could be, you know, sand over a hard pack trail or it could be little bits of gravel over a hard pack trail. And it's just it's really hard for, you know, for a tread pattern to, to deal with that. So, yeah, definitely loose over hard is one of the toughest conditions, I would say.
0: All right. So speaking about loose conditions, you also hear loose conditions lumped in with wet conditions. So really what we're talking about is sort of mud.
2: What's a good mud tire and what what should people look for in a mud tire? Mud tires, if it's really muddy, you actually want a narrower tire. You know, I know we're talking about, you know, having a wider tire is better in, in most instances. Well, in mud, you don't want that flotation. You actually want to cut through. You want to like punch down and try to find, the soil where there is traction beneath the mud so i mean even if you look at uh if you look at mud spikes on a downhill bike the casing will be fairly narrow in a low volume casing at least for a downhill tire but yeah for for muddy conditions you're looking for a mud spike, I guess. Um, so they're going to have tall blocks, not many blocks, and a lot of space between them. Because, you know, if you have if you have a bunch of knobs, all they're going to do is pack up with mud and then you're, you know, you're riding a, a slick tire because the uh, entire thing is coated with mud and it now weighs about 50 pounds. So mm-hmm. yeah, for mud, you want tall blocks, lots of space.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I never thought about the width working to your advantage to have like a narrower tire in mud. So that's cool. Finally, yeah, the last one is hard pack, and I mean that to me, that's the that's the fun stuff. That's what we all want to ride because you can really rail it. So, what is a good tire for
1: hard pack, in your opinion? If you know you're going to be riding hard pack conditions and primarily hard pack conditions, I would say you can reduce the size of your knobs so if you have a like a lower profile knob on your tire you're going to have less rolling resistance and you're going to go faster but in general if you're on hard pack and you still have a decent tread pattern you still be able to hook up pretty well so lower profile knobs even uh, some people do semi slicks i'm not a fan but that's out there which a semi slick essentially has a very minimal tread pattern in the center of the tire and Slightly larger outside cornering knobs, but still very small. So, lower profile, faster rolling tire is good times.
2: Yeah, because on hard pack, if you have a really aggressively knob tires, but really tall knobs, the knobs will actually squirm on the hard pack because they're you know they're not able to punch through because there's no soil there. So it can can lead to a little bit of squirreliness going through the going through the corners. So yeah, definitely like like Greg said, if you know you're going to be riding hard pack for a good chunk of time switch to a, a lower profile knob and you can also another thing you can do you can up your pressure a little bit you know especially if it's if it's hard packed, that's you know you don't have a lot of technical obstacles or anything like that you know, you know you're just going to be hammering it like for instance Fort Yargo around here is a trail like that where it's you know in the summer that thing gets baked to a crisp and it's like you know, hauling ass on a sidewalk. So, you know, you can run a higher pressure than you normally would to reduce the rolling resistance. And there's not really a, you know, you're not making a compromise for the the technical elements.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll echo what Greg said. I'm a big fan of semi-slick tires. um, And yeah, they're, they're great for hard pack. Greg mentioned semi-slicks and said that he didn't like them, but I actually do like them a lot for hard pack, especially, and also a, a specific tire I'll recommend, and maybe others won't agree with me, but I like the Kenda small block eight tires for hard pack. Um, that's one that you'll see spec'd on bikes fairly often. And yeah, it works for me. It works really well on hard pack. Cool. This has been a fun discussion about mountain bike tires. And if you want to know more and get more recommendations, uh, pricing information, be sure to check singletracks.com where we've got tires buyers guides, lots of in-depth reviews on specific tires and lots more information. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.